How is it that there are independent musicians out there who have no ties to any big record labels or financial backing able to get their music heard by millions of people and live out their dreams of being full-time musicians? That's the question, and on this podcast, we will discover the answers together. I'm Leezy the Gifted, and this is the Music Mastery Podcast. What's going on, everybody? You're tuned into another episode of the Music Mastery Podcast with your host, Lazy the Gifted, where I bring you a brand new episode every day, documenting my journey as an independent musician, as well as sharing some tips and tricks along the way. Here's what I want to come at you with today. I, I have this, I have this new concept. I'm definitely throwing this on a t-shirt, and I'm actually happy that I don't have like tons of listeners on this podcast. I guarantee if someone heard this, they would totally take this, but I don't have a ton of listeners, so it's kind of a blessing. I get to just share ideas and not have to worry about somebody taking them. But, uh, you know, I was just thinking like through the time that we're going through right now with this lockdown, uh, with these lockdowns because of the pandemic, a lot, a lot of people victimize themselves, you know, and it's funny because the people there, I mean, I'm sure you've seen, there's people who are still winning through the pandemic. In fact, there's some folks who say it was the be- 2020 was the best year of their life. Uh, for me, it was. It was. Because I lost weight. I found myself. I increased my self-awareness. I lost, uh, I lost a lot of limiting beliefs. I gained tons of confidence. More confidence than I've ever gained in a year. I've read, I read more books than I had ever read in my life. I think I read... 13 books, either 12 or 13. I'm pretty sure it was just 12. I read 12 books in 2020. Um, you know, I was basically reading a book a month, which is like, for me, that's the, that's the fastest I've ever read any books. Um, you know, and, uh, it was, it was great for me. And, you know, there was, uh, even business owners, who were like, yeah, this was the best year of business we've had. I've heard that. Uh, in fact, the the basketball program that I work for, they wouldn't, we wouldn't say it was the best year of our career, but it wasn't a bad year for business. You know, we still got after it. We still um, did things on Zoom. You know, basically what I'm trying to get at <clears throat> is when things get tough, you're either going to learn how to adapt and pivot or you're not. And I actually, you know, I saw people, even people close to me, who it looked like 2020 was actually a pretty bad year. I wouldn't know if it was their worst year of their life or not, but I saw a few of my, a few friends of mine and other people who, who I, I, they would probably say, no, 2020 was terrible. And I, I'm like, oh, well, for me, it wasn't. So it's funny because it's really how we choose to, it's really how we choose to write our own script. We write our own script. And how is it, how are you going to live out your own movie or your own, you know, your own life. Um, what are you going to fill your life with? And so I, I've started to realize that people victimize themselves all the time. You know, people victimize themselves. People put themselves in situations of poverty. People put themselves in situations of despair. People put themselves in situations that they can't get out of. You know, it's funny because I, I, I'm going to give an example of this. There's going to be a little bit of ranting on this episode. But I'm going to give a slight example. Like, I'm learning for my music career, right? The best thing that I can do for my music career right now is to 
it, well, actually, like right now, right now, the best thing is to save my money, get rid of my credit card debt, and then use money later for Facebook ads to grow my fan base. It's the best thing I can do. So essentially, the, the, the thing that I'm looking I can see it, the light at the end of the tunnel, spend money on Facebook ads. It's very simple. Gain new fans. Very simple. And it's so simple. I'm like, wow, that's all I have to do? Cool. It's not all I have to do, but it's like the big next step. And I, 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 I did make some mistakes financially, you know, to make it so that that's a very difficult thing for me to do right now. You know, I accumulated a lot of debt in the past six, seven years from doing stupid stuff. You know, I was a kid who had a credit card. You know, I would buy food. I would, you know, when I, when I was in college, I'd buy food. I'd buy alcohol. I'd buy alcohol for other people. You know, I'd basically spend money I didn't have. I'd run the credit card bill. I'd pay for gas, clothes, just stupid stuff, vacations. Everything stupid you could think of, I would be buying it with my credit card. Never really realizing that there's this thing called interest. I didn't know what interest was. No one told me that. You know, I didn't learn it for myself. You know, it, it's, it was a very, you know, I, I had to, you know, I, I really, I really had to learn the hard way how detrimental things like debt can be through my own fault. But the point is, I, I kind of set myself up for failure. And now, you know, finally, I'm 27 years old. It's 2021. And I finally am like, wow, I really just need to lock down and pay this thing off. There was actually a time in 2019 or 2020 where I was very close to paying off my credit card debt. And then I ran it on back up just because I thought I was going to be able to pay it off again, but I didn't. Stupid. But now this is it. I mean, so what am I getting at when I'm talking about being victimized? You know, I, I put myself in a stupid situation. I did make myself a victim of my own stupidity and credit. But I don't go out saying, you know, blaming the credit card companies for my fault. I didn't have to get a credit card, and I didn't have to spend that money on my credit card. Now, I do think credit card companies are totally like – I think they know what they're doing. I think they know that people are stupid and that people like me are stupid, that they'll spend money and owe more money. And I think they understand that. And I think they're, you know, they have a good business model, credit card companies. So, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and, and, and just completely write them off and say they're, they're not doing anything wrong because I think they are. But, but that doesn't mean that you and me and the rest of the folks who, get burned by credit card debt, have to victimize ourselves and say, oh, woe is me, I have all this, you know, woe is me, I have all this debt. You know, oh, woe is me, I, I, uh, I'm a victim of my credit card debt. No. Like, you can do what it takes to pay it off. And with musicians, it's funny because musicians will do things that set themselves up basically for um, financial failure. They do things like buy a bunch of clothes. You know, same things I was doing, spending money on food and alcohol, you know, um, things like that, you know, um, um, you know, they'll go on expensive vacations. They'll, they'll buy, uh, they'll pay for music videos that are too expensive when they really don't need to, you know, there's just so many things that I've seen, uh, buy studio gear that they don't need, um, 
um, you know, and, 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 you know, and I hate to, I hate to sound like this. It's going to sound very jaded, but when you get into a romantic relationship, you know, I know I was in this position, you, you lose control of your finances if you, if you aren't disciplined. Um, so for people who are, and I'm not going to say don't be in a relationship or don't get married, not my stance. My stance is that's okay to choose to, 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 to choose to have that in your life. And if you do choose to have that in your life, communicate with your partner and make them understand, hey, this is kind of where I'm at right now. You know, I'm, I'm not in the best position financially. I'm not proud of it. I'm not happy to be here. And I want to change it. But for me, that's going to take kind of saving money, being a little bit frugal, you know, not not going out to dinner most of the time, even if it's for Chipotle, which isn't that expensive. I got to save every dollar, you know, and I got to pay off my debt, whatever it is for you, or I got to save up for Facebook ads or whatever it may be. Again, it's your responsibility to communicate with your partner. It's not your partner's uh, responsibility to read your mind. That's a mistake I made in my last relationship. I didn't communicate. You know, I didn't communicate and set the expectations. I just assumed that she would know that I couldn't spend money. But it didn't work that way. So, you know, you set yourself up. Another example, like, this is going to sound very harsh, but, I, you know, I love kids. But if you're not ready to have a child, don't have one. You know, you can choose to have a baby or not. You don't have to have a baby. You know, there's things like, I'm not going to get into it, but you, you know, like, there's ways to prevent having a baby. There's ways to prevent pregnancy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's just funny how, you know, pe- people just say, well, I have, you know, it's hard with the kids. It's just like, well, you had the kids. You know, I just feel like people just don't take ownership. You know, moving out. You know, you don't have to move out of your parents' house before you're ready. You know what I mean? That's not a requirement. You know, it sucks. You might have to suck it up for a few more years, but it'll be worth it in the end. But when you, when people move out too soon and they never get their feet on the ground, they never figure out how to make their business happen, you know, they, they, they suffer. You know, and... I know it's nice to do those things, to, to, to have a girlfriend, maybe to have a kid. I don't know. I don't have kids. But you know, to do those things, and it's like, well, you have to kind of be able, you know, you have to think about your life kind of as a business. You know, your life is kind of like that. You know, you have to put, you have to think your life is like there's emotional parts of your life. There's obviously fun things about your life. There's love in your life. But there's a, there's a business aspect to life. You know, your finances, if there's money involved, that means there's business involved. So you got to treat your life like a business. How would you run your life, your million-dollar or multi-million-dollar life? You know, if you had $1,000, if you had $100,000 in your bank account, that's all you had to your name, would you go spend $80,000 on, I don't know what they had spent, a car? Would you go buy a Maserati? If all you had to your name was a hundred thousand, would you go spend eighty thousand on a car or fifty thousand? You know, if you earned a hundred thousand dollars revenue, and then after business expenses you've got eighty thousand, then after taxes you've got like I don't know sixty thousand, would you go buy a fifty thousand dollar car if you only had sixty thousand dollars to your name? Absolutely not. Yeah, it'd be stupid. So why is it that these musicians, right? Musicians, we don't have a. We're, we're trying to promote ourselves. Or we want to. We want to grow a fan base. We want to grow an income as a musician. And we want to figure out how to do this stuff. But yet we still always are putting ourselves in these positions of money's tight. I don't have a budget. It's so, it's like it's so popular to, 
you can find so many videos on YouTube of how to promote without a budget. And it's funny because those people who make those videos, they're smart because they're, they're, they're making the video for that person. But let me tell you something. I personally, like, I'm not a coach yet. You know, I'm, I'm myself am trying to build up my music career, you know, to a point where I'm earning tens of thousands of dollars. Then I want to, uh, do my coaching business. But before I do that, you know, I'm doing my own thing. But when I do become a coach, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I don't want anybody coming across me that doesn't have a budget. I don't want, there's no chance that someone who doesn't have a budget would buy coaching for me. So why would I make videos serving those people? You know, I can make entertaining videos. I can, I can, you know, I can make vlogs and podcasts and things like that. It's fine. But why would I go so far out of my way to, to cater to somebody who has no budget? That's not, I don't, I don't know why, is that good business? We're thinking, remember, we're talking business. (laughs) You know, there's no point in me doing that. There's point, there's no point in me giving effort to people who can't give back. So why would I do that? And, you know, and most of the people who don't, quote, unquote, don't have a budget or, or what, whatever it is, they don't have a budget because they're victimizing themselves. It's a mindset thing. You know what I mean? I had a very real conversation with my mentor last night. I'm, by the way, I'm spilling the tea. I am straight up spilling the tea now. And the reason I'm spilling the tea so much is because I'm running out of stuff to talk about. And I figured, you know what? I've been holding back. I, I don't say everything I, about my life on my podcast. And I'm done with that. I want to tell you everything. I want you to know everything that's going on about my life. I want you to really hear the journey and really be here. Because when I'm getting that million dollars, when I'm earning that million, when I've got that house, when I got the nice cars, when I got the pool in the back and the hot tub and the water slide and the basketball court, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be like super happy that I shared with you how much debt I had now. And I'm going to be happy to share it too because I get to look back on these episodes and be like, damn, dude, I remember when I was six, seven, eight thousand dollars in debt. Now I'm balling. You know, I can't wait for that. But also it gives me a chance to outlet and really enjoy my journey. You know, when I put it on wax and I document it, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of cool because then you can listen to it and be like, and then I get to listen to it and be like, you know what? It's out there. I'm not ashamed. So anyway, I had a very real conversation with my mentor last night. And I was telling him, like, I really, by the way, my mentor, he's the one who prompted me and like guided me through my decade collection launch, which I'm very, like, I was super happy that I got started and did. And he was like, you know, where are you at and what do you want to see happen for your future? And I told him, and then, you know, I said, I really want to keep working with you. And I was like, but I said, I want to work with you, but like for me to work with you and try to spend money on Facebook ads, I don't think I could do both. I can't do both. And I, I just, money's tight right now. And it's funny because three, four months ago, I had said the same thing, money is tight. And he brought that up to me, and then he's like, you know what, I want to work with you too, but I think what you should do is make make your situation so that money isn't so tight. Get rid of that debt, because I don't feel right coaching you knowing that you feel like money is tight. Get rid of your debt so that you don't have that same reality anymore. And I was like, damn, you're so right. And he gave me ideas of what I can do to do that, and he, he really like showed showed me a couple little tricks. Not even tricks, but just like a couple ideas that's going to really, really help me, and I'm super pumped. But... Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that's, that's what I went through and, and I'm proud to share it. I don't mind, you know, I don't mind people knowing, uh, knowing things like that, but you know, I, I just have never been one to victimize myself ever, even, even, even in the toughest situations of my life. You know, I remember there's been times, I, I kid you not, 
there have been so like numerous times where I've gone overdraft on my checking account because I didn't know because I wasn't paying attention to my finances and I didn't know how much money was in my account. And I was overspending. I go and look at my the worst thing in the world is when you go check your checking account or you go to the ATM to take out money and it says negative. And you're like, you're surprised by it. That's like the for me, that's that for me is the worst financial. That's the worst feeling I've ever been through. I'm very blessed that I've never had my electricity or my water or my internet shut off and I can do things like, like have those things. But for me personally, the worst thing I've ever been through so far is that is, is looking at my, at my checking account and wanting money and like being like, not only do I not have enough, but I, I'm actually, I owe money. And on top of that, they, they charge you a $35 fee. So you're even further negative. And then the next month, if you're still there, they charge you another fee every month that you don't have the money in your account. You get charged $35. That's the worst. Oh, and you might think, well, why don't you just go to your savings account and transfer money? Yeah. What if you don't have money in your savings account? What if you have a dollar in your savings account or $2? I've been there. I have freaking been there, dude. And it sucks. It's the worst. It's the most. It takes your pride. It takes your masculinity away. It takes your, your you know, it humbles you. So I'm grateful for those lessons because I humility is something I will forever have because I will never forget looking and saying negative, a little minus sign, 150. I was minus 325 once because I screwed up and I had put my my debit card on my Facebook ad account and I was paying for Facebook ads with my check with my checking account rather than my credit account, my credit card. And I screwed that up and I didn't know. I was spending tons of money on Facebook ads for a while when I was selling beads and I didn't even realize. I was using my checking account, and it was bad. You know, it was very, very bad. So anyway, you know, <clears throat> even through those times, those were the most stressful times of my life, by the way. Like, that was the most stressful time of my life. Like, those couple of days, weeks, where I was like, oh, my God, I'm, like, so negative in my account. Like, what do I do? That was tough, but I never victimized myself. Never did I say, what was me? I never blamed anybody. I was always, I was angry at myself, which I deserved to be. And I think that that was the right thing for me to do. Be mad at myself. That was smart. Like, why wouldn't I be mad? Of course I'm going to be mad at myself. But the next thing I thought was, you know, this is going to, I can't, this is, I have these things that I have talked about with one of my best friends, Keith Datu. We have these things we say called remember when moments. You know, there's good and there's bad ones, but mostly they're bad. So remember, remember when moment. It's a moment that when you're, when you've made it, when you're wealthy, when everything is good to go, you look back, you, you, you'll say, remember when? So a remember when moment for me is a moment that, I, that when I'm in that moment, I realize this is just me built, this is building me up for that, for that, for that time where me and whoever I'm with, let's say I'm, I'm with my best friend Keith. When me and Keith are in Mexico on the beach for a little vacation, and we're chilling, money's good, and we say, remember when? Or when I'm with my boy Gabe, and I'm in my dope house in Southern California, upstairs studio, and me and him are making music, and we're killing it, we're having a good time, money's not an issue for either one of us, and, I, and we just look and go, remember when? You know, those remember when moments. And so, that's the next thing. I get mad, I get stressed, I get frustrated, and then immediately I go, oh, this is a remember when moment. Remember when I had negative $300 in my bank account? You know, remember when I was so in debt I didn't even know how to get out of it? Remember when I was desperate? Remember when I was weak? Remember when I didn't have money? You know, do, do I do you remember that? Like, I can't wait for the, for, the, for the time for me to go and say remember when. 
You know, I've already got, I, I already have a few remember when moments now. I remember when I couldn't produce my own music. Oh my God. I remember when, I remember when I was working with a producer and I texted him. No, I remember when I was working with a producer and I emailed him my vocals for a song that he had made the beat for. And he texted me back saying, this sounds so gay. You sound like shit. I will never forget that. I remember when. That was the text that made me. And I said, F you to the guy. I said, F you. I don't ever need to work with you again. I never worked with him again. And, and I remember when that, that moment, that remember when moment is one of the remember when moments that sparked the, the, the motivation and the drive for me to start producing my own music. And now, like, I mean, I love music producers, but I never need them again. <laughs> Pretty funny. I don't have to work with anybody. I could if I wanted to. That, that was a remember when moment. You know, those, those moments of, you know, those moments of when you, like, like those moments of when you, like, just don't know if there's any other options and those moments of when you don't know like what you're going to do those are like moments that you really honestly could be grateful for what's up man but it takes <clears throat> it takes building that habit of like are you a victim or not and and the saying and I haven't said it yet today because I didn't want anyone to steal it yet I wanted to see who would last this long to, to hear the saying but the statement is Victorious, not victimized. Victorious, not victimized. So when those remember when moments cross your path, or when you go through those times, will you be victorious or will you be victimized? And it's completely up to you. And, I, and I'm going to tell you this. People don't want to seem too obvious that they're being victimized. They don't want to make it very obvious to other people that they feel like a victim. They don't want to do that. Because when you're a victim, it sucks. You're, you're basically like the scum of the earth if you're a victim. I mean, and not in every regard, obviously. There's certain situations where somebody's going through an extremely tough situation. They are a victim, and I'm not going to say they're scum of the earth. I'm saying if you are a self-proclaimed victim, like, like meaning like you are just choosing to live a victimized life when you don't really have to. That's more of what I mean. I'm talking about those people. I'm not talking about people who are victims of violence and abuse and sexual abuse. Obviously, that's, that's completely different. You know, that's, that's a very serious topic that obviously I would never, ever, you know, sh that I would ever throw shade at. But I mean, if you're one of these people who, you live a pretty average life, you can go either way, good or bad, and you choose to be victimized. That's kind of what I mean. You don't have to be victimized. You know, you do not have to do that. You don't have to be somebody who, who, who has a bad life. You know, you can choose to have a great life if you so choose. You know, if you want that. And the greatest thing, too, is if, if one person can do it, you can do it. So if you want to be an independent musician, you can do it. Like, for me, I know that I'm going to be independent and make it. And I know it for a fact. You know, essentially... I know exactly what I need. You need three things. You, know, you need three things to, to make any kind of business, um, especially online, but just any kind of business, you know, any business, especially though if you're a musician, you need fans, 
Here's the three things, and I would even argue, I don't know if this is the exact order, but you definitely need fans first. You need fans, right? You need people who want to hear your music and know about you. A warm audience, if you will. You need a way to nurture the relationship between you and your fans, meaning you need a way to continually communicate with them so that they see you all the time and you're bringing them value on a consistent and frequent basis. So if let's say someone sees your music video and they don't see you again for a year. That's not, that's not nurturing the relationship. It's got to be consistent and frequent. How frequent? Daily, once a day. They should see you once a day. You know, and I know that that's like, how? You know, how do you do that? It's a whole other ballgame, but we're not going to talk about that right now. It's too deep. But you need fans. You need a way to nurture the relationship with those folks. And you need a way to convert those people into customers. And so you make sales. And then you reinvest back into your business. And if you want to get big, like really big, you know, people say, I want to get signed to a label so I can get big. You know, I don't want to just have an independent grind. I want to be big. I want a lot of fans. I want a massive audience. Okay, you don't need a label to do that. What you can do is do what I just said, those three things, and build offers and build systems so that all this stuff gets automated. And then once you are earning some money, live way below your means and reinvest it back into your business and pay Facebook and Instagram to to get you more fans. You can just do that. You could pay for a brand new music video. You could... Take the music. See, this is something, too, that I've learned that uh, that I just learned from Chris Greenwood today. He's got a really great uh, podcast called Smart Music Business. Very short episodes that w- that just give you a quick little spark of value, uh, and, and I love it. Um, but he's, he's great. Chris Greenwood, he's an artist. His name's Manifest, M-A-N-A-F-E-S-T. Super dope author, musician. He has half a million monthly listeners on Spotify. I think he's broken a million dollars in revenue as a musician. I don't know, but he's... He's very successful. Uh, I really like him. I love what he's doing. I respect him a lot. Uh, anyway, so so he um, he's, he he talked about something today. I know I'm ranting a lot today, but this is all important stuff, and it all has to do with being victimized as a musician. So anyway, I uh, I was listening to his podcast, and I loved. He had a he had a, he had an episode called. Uh, it was something like you shouldn't release another song, or like why you shouldn't release another song, like something like that. And um, it, it was, and I was like, okay, I need to hear this because I've been at a point right now where I don't want to release more music for a while, but it, I'm struggling with that because I feel like I need to and I'm like pressured to do it, blah, 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 whatever. But I, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I wonder why am I not doing that? Well, I listen to his podcast where he talks about why not to release another song. And it's exactly what me and my friend Gabe have talked about. He said, if you're trying to release new music, but you barely have any fans at all, but you've released a lot of music, all you should do is take the music you've already released and market that. Take those, make those songs go big first. You know, almost like, almost like exhaust those songs before you go putting out new music. That's what you should do. And I was like, oh, thank God somebody said that. Because that's what me and my friend Gabe have talked about that all the time. You know what I'm saying? We have talked about... We shouldn't need to put out new music. All we should do is market the current music that we have. And, and, and so my point, I know that that almost seems like a complete tangent, but all I'm saying to you, I'm trying to just throw you different reasons not to be a victim today. 
That's what I'm trying to do for you. I want you to listen to this and think, you know what? I don't need to be a victim. And this goes for anything in your life. Any little thing, any little thing that someone says to you, you know, any little thing that someone does to you, doesn't matter. Don't be a victim. You don't have to be. You know, obviously, like I said, if you are really, really going through some tough stuff, if you feel like there's some really serious issues like, like depression, anxiety, if you've been through a very, very difficult upbringing, you've gone through abuse or sexual abuse, I'm not really necessarily trying to speak to you because that's something that I don't have experience with. And I, and I, I, I understand that that's a really difficult situation that, that I actually really do think, you know, you might need some help. You know, you, you can go see somebody, but I'm not going to be one to advise to, to, you know, I, I think that my message resonates with those people with, with you as well. If you've been through that, I think what I'm saying you'll make will make sense to you. But but I also just I don't want to to overstep my boundaries and say, but this just come on, don't be a victim because I haven't been through that. You know, I don't believe that it's fair for me to just go off and and say, come on, just make it happen. If it's if I haven't really been through that. Who I'm most, but, but mostly though, I'm talking to people that I've mentioned or that I've seen or that I've been ex- in, in, in contact with. Cause I'll tell you this, most of the people that I've been in contact with that victimize themselves are like full of it. Like they don't really need to be victimizing themselves. The other day, uh, I think it was yesterday. No, not yesterday. It was, it was two days ago. If you listen to uh, my podcast, <clears throat> then. You heard, um, you heard me with Jennifer Gerald. I loved that at the very beginning of the episode, she talked about how hard it was for her growing up. You know, how she was a little girl, five, six years old, and wanted to be a star and wanted to be a singer. And then she was a victim of physical and sexual abuse as a six-year-old. And her dreams got shattered. And now she's in her 40s and she's building that, her dreams back up. So inspiring. And she's not a victim. And she loves, she, you know, she's religious, she's pious, she's more, she's very into God. And she's, she's looked to God for her answers. And I think that's great. You know, that's not really my thing, but that's cool that that's her thing. And she like, you know, she, she just, her story was, it was super inspiring. And uh, I think that it, I think that it just goes to show that even if you've been through something really difficult, you know, really bad, you don't have to be a victim. David Goggins, amazing example. You know, if you, you've probably heard of him, but if you haven't, go check out David Goggins. He's the, he's the bald black dude who was in the Navy SEALs. Really inspiring. His story will make you get up and want to go, go do something. And, uh, and he was a victim of, of physical abuse, like really bad physical abuse from his father when he was very young. And he also witnessed very bad physical abuse that his dad would do onto his mom. And he had it really hard growing up. And you know what? He, he did victimize himself for a while, but then he came out victorious. And he, he's still trying every day to, to become victorious. So to me, it's funny because the people that I see – and, and, and it's funny because I said to Je- I, I asked Jennifer, I said, I said, isn't it funny how the people who go through negative times seem not to victimize themselves and the people who don't really have it that bad victimize themselves? And she corrected me. And I'm glad she goes, well, 
I actually was victimizing myself for really long. I only recently decided not to victimize myself, but I'm in my 40s. And I was just about two years ago that I was not a victim. So for over 30 years, I was a victim. I said, oh, that's interesting. So it made me realize everyone's on their own journey. <clears throat> hopefully, this episode helps you in your journey. You know, hopefully I've done something to help you. Because, you know, I don't really get, I don't get paid for this podcast. And I don't care. I don't need to. I, I care more about just impact. I care more about helping you if I can. You know, and uh, if, if, you know, if you don't mind, it would be dope if you shared this with a friend. You know, it would be cool because I know that you know someone who could who could get some value from this. You know, anybody could get value from this. Uh, so, you know, if you don't mind, share it with a friend. You know, send it out to some folks. Tell other people about it. You know, I don't I don't want. I'm not just putting this message out to be famous. You know, I'm not putting this message out to get rich. You know, I'm putting this message out because I really I genuinely think people need to hear this and I want people to hear this. And I believe it and I live by this. You know, I'm not just telling you some mumbo jumbo that I don't actually live by. I'm not a victim. I choose not to be a victim. I choose to be victorious every day of my life. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's it for the show for today, guys. I, I, I hope you got some value out of the episode. And uh, as always, thank you for listening to another episode of the Music Mastery Podcast. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Peace. Hey, hey, hey. Get that, bet that, jump shot, what that, post moves, no rules, chef that, no boo. Get that, bet that, jump shot, what that, post moves.